Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. This is Gus from Common Law Word Nerds, and uh, this is episode 162. It's September 11, 2018, and uh, Jeff and I are here with Ron Kukul, uh, a man who was on the USS Liberty when uh, when it was shot down uh, in, was it 65 or 67 run? 67. Yeah, June of 67, 67. June of 1967. Yeah, and w- what we're going to do is uh, we're going to do a, a series of calls because it's kind of, uh, yeah, this does affect Ron quite a bit when he talks about it and uh, his blood pressure and so on. So we're going to do a series of calls, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes each, whatever, uh, nothing specific. We're going to do uh, another segment on Sunday at some point, and then probably, um, not sure, another one the following week. We'll see how it goes, but we just want to get the story out. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm, I, uh, you know, I just I just wanted to say that I've been friends with Ron on on Facebook for a while. I've I've watched him from a distance, and as he knows, I've interjected my love for him and my respect for him. Um, over the years here, and uh, Sunday we'd like to do a show uh, and do a question and answer, too. Um, And then after that, we're going to do, obviously, segments with Ron um, to get the whole story from his his witness testimony, what happened, and and exactly what's happened to him ever since, and how, how it's affected his life. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go. We'll see how. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, and um, uh, I, I'm not sure where to start because uh, we we just got in touch with you uh, this morning, Ron, and and haven't had a chance to talk about it. But just hearing the way you started, it sounded like we should be recording already. And we were <laughs> yeah. talking about how you're you're. You know, a down-to-earth, simple man, you know, I feel the same way. You know? So if you'd like to start right where you started with us, and, uh, you know, we'll just hang out until you need to go. Sure. Well, um, as I said before, um, I'm very emphatic about uh, the person that I am. Um, I like to call it run-of-the-mill guy. Um uh, nothing special in intelligence, just an uh, average, average man. And uh, for years, uh, as a child, I was sent to Sunday school. Uh, my folks didn't go to church much, but I was sent to Sunday school, and uh, I learned a lot of stuff in church as a young child. And uh, one of the things I did learn is it seems, and Scripture proves it out, that uh, God seems to cater to some of us people that uh, are just, as I said, run-of-the-mill. I've seen this kind of stuff happen over the years uh, as far as as far as me saying I'm nobody special. I've seen some things as a child and and had prayers answered that uh, really astounded me. 
and uh, to this day they still do. And I've always felt that uh, God does um, have a thing with me. Uh, he does speak to me, and um, I'm very careful about saying that. Some people kind of take uh, kind of a different kind of look at that, but uh, I'll, I'll just say this, that um, being a part of the crew and being about two decks down below the main deck uh, when the attack started, um, I was privy to so many miraculous things that happened that sometimes I don't even know where to begin. Uh, but I do begin by saying, as I told you guys uh, before we started recording, that um, uh, they had everything they needed in the time to put the liberty to the bottom. That was their intention, uh, and if I had been them and, and thrown all the firepower they had, they had thrown at us and still saw that ship afloat, I think I might have had taken a uh, double take and said, my golly, how could this be? Um, we threw rockets, rocket fire, uh, five torpedoes, machine gun fire, cannon fire, and napalm at that ship, and it was a fire, and uh, we got hit with one torpedo. That particular torpedo that hit us, I was about, at the close guess, 20 to 30 foot from when it exploded. The torpedo only put a hole in one side of the ship. If you look at the picture of the ship, you'll see the starboard side has a hole big enough uh, I guess you could probably drive a semi-truck through it. It was pretty big. I don't recall the measurements right now. 40 by 29 feet, something, I think, was something pretty close to that. But the torpedo only hit. uh, It exploded prematurely. uh, As near as we can tell, it hit an I-beam, and it exploded prematurely. It's the idea of a torpedo is to get into the midships, into the center, exploding and break the ship in half. Well, it didn't happen that day, simply because that torpedo evidently hit an I-beam and only ripped a hole on the starboard side of the ship. Um, even though they'd only put the one hole in there, most professionals that looked at that ship in dry dock uh, in Malta uh, were astounded, even that it stayed afloat anyway. And uh, i got to tell you guys that I had to go several years after the attack, looking back, looking back, and uh, saying to myself, well, how could this happen? How could that have happened? How is it possible that we even got a distress call? How is it? And then I started to talk to other members of our crew. And I implore Christian people, please understand that if there's ever been a David and Goliath experience in my lifetime, uh, I'm relating it to you right now. Because we didn't have anything to speak of. We had 450 caliber machine guns. Ron, not to, not to cut you off, I was going to say, can you explain a little bit about what the Liberty was? It's really a communication, uh, an information vessel, and what you guys did and how, you know, basically you guys lived your daily lives. You weren't really seeing action. Oh, no. We, 
<laughs> we weren't trained <laughs> for that kind of stuff. That, that's a very good point to bring up. We weren't trained for that at all. We were a communication ship. Uh, um, I can tell you that um, uh, there were ships out there, uh, spy ships. We were one of them. And um, what I do is just say that, and I kind of have to drop it from there because I won't go into what I did. I feel that that still uh, should be kept um, classified. I don't feel like it's necessary that anybody knows exactly what I did, but uh, sure. everybody knows what type of ship it was. Uh, it was actually about the actually termed termed a auxiliary research uh, technological technical ship, and uh, that was the way they uh, what they called it at the time. And this was this happened during the summer of love in America and the Six Day War between Israel and Egypt. That's when this yes. this this took place. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Because sometimes I figure people already know this kind of stuff, and I'm 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 so wrong in that area because uh, there's some people that even look at you kind of funny when you talk about the Six Day War. They don't don't even um, have a clue as to what it was, and it was right. definitely the Arab-Israeli Six Day War. Um, I believe it started June 4th or 5th of 1967, and um, The Liberty was never very close to uh, any land uh, boundary or, or any land area. We were always in international waters. When we were attacked, we were in international waters. It uh, seems that uh, some countries don't recognize the international waters situation. I believe it's 12 miles out, and we were definitely that. So, uh, I can, um, I'm kind of at a loss here where to go back to now, but the, well, um, you know, you, you, well, you, go, go ahead, Gus, go ahead. Well, Ron, just so you know, I'm, I'm Canadian. I was, um, I didn't know, I didn't even speak English until the seventies. And, um, so I'm not. Um, I am familiar a little bit with the story, but like Jeff said, you know, what was the purpose of the ship, and what? Yeah, I, uh, from here's what here's my understanding. There was a a war between Israel and Egypt, and uh, Israel attacked the USS Liberty. Uh, they had uh, they were unmarked planes, and they attacked, looking to instigate. Uh, the U.S. to take their sides against Egypt. And that's all I know about the story. And so any gaps you can fill in would be fantastic. Well, there's nothing really to fill in there because that uh, there's been very, uh, various uh, trains of thought on that particular one. You pretty much explained it. Um, I might mention um, my uh, I have a Jewish uh, uh, friend who uh, wrote a book called it's going to come out in November the, the book is called Blood in the Water and this lady is 100% Jewish she is a uh, professor at Temple University 
And uh, her book literally opens up this whole can of worms and names names of people who were involved in planning this in the U.S. government. I would suggest, even though I have a book of my own called Remember the Liberty that can be found on Amazon.com, that I would suggest that this Jewish lady has been so comprehensive, so, oh man, I tell you what, whenever she interviews you, it's not really like an interview. It's almost like uh, you feel like you're under the, the hot light and you're sweating because, man, she is absolutely, um, <laughs> I can't even think of a word for it right now. She doesn't miss a thing. And now that this She's book thorough. is out, very <laughs> thorough is, <laughs> that, well, I guess that would touch it, sort of touch it, but uh, her, her, name is, uh, her name is Joan Mellon, and I did promise her, and I didn't realize I was going to have the opportunity to do this, but uh, I did promise her that I was going to push this book as hard as I could push it out there because she is so meticulous. There's a word. Meticulous. Yeah, and she's a a wonderful lady to talk to, and she's all business, and she must be one heck of a a professor at uh, Temple. uh, Maybe we can have her. Maybe we could have her on the show, too, with you. I don't think she'd have a problem with that at all. Uh, I could ask her. um, Have some fun with that, you know. It would be, I, yeah, I, Ron. I, I want your story. I want your. I want what happened for you. Sure. And yeah. From, like, like for me, I, I mean, I was on mute and I was tearing up because, you know. I well, feel, let me uh, let me know. explain one thing. Uh, first of all, I wasn't topside when the attack started. I was down below, two decks down below the main deck, and. Um, the first, uh, even, even even any thought that there was something strange going on is when they started strafing the ship, uh, I could hear up above, but uh, all I said is reminded me of uh, when I was a, a young boy in Nebraska, whenever it would hail real hard on our um, chicken house roof, it had a tin roof on it, it sounded just like that, just like hail hitting a tin roof. Sure. And um, when the, they, they strafed, they started at, uh, the time was uh, one minute after two in the afternoon, 14.02, and their first strafing run began. And uh, they were strafing the Liberty from aft to forward, and uh, you could hear it as they went across, yeah, just like hail. And then you would be silent for a while, then they'd strafe again. And little did I know that 20 foot above my head, um, uh, nine, nine of my uh, shipmates were being murdered. I do use the word murdered because I feel that's appropriate. Um, I I agree with you. This was you were no, no, I, I you were totally agree with this you. Was, yes, absolutely. I, I didn't catch that. I I agree with you. Like Jeff said, uh, we were not at war. We were not involved in a war. Uh, you're you're you know an intelligence gathering unit, uh, not armed and in international waters. So murder is definitely the right term to use there. Yeah, there's a, a radio show on right now. Uh, one of my shipmates conducts it uh, along with his uh, friend who then. Um, 
another uh, Navy fellow, and uh, their their show is exactly named. Um, I don't think I'll bring it up right now because that's not really necessary. What I really want to do is uh, go ahead and uh, explain just a little bit, if I can, about the very first miracle that that happened yeah. to me. And, uh, yeah, and I, I want people to to really to hear this because it's how I remember. It's not exactly, it may have not happened exactly that way, but all I can do is say this is how I remember it. I might add to this that uh, I was the petty officer in charge of the body recovery and identification. Uh, after this all happened, we recovered 25 bodies down below down there uh, in the compartments where I was at. And uh, I've asked several trauma doctors why I can't recall the finer details of what I had to do. And one of them told me that your mind will not accept certain things and you're not going to remember them. So what I do remember is this. Strafing, silence. Strafing, silence. Strafing, some more silence. And then pretty soon, the captain comes on the 1MC, which is the ship's intercom. And he said, prepare for torpedo attack. Now, please remember, I'm two decks down below the main deck, and so what we hear, we have to take it as a gospel because uh, that's the captain saying so. So uh, prepare for torpedo attack. I thought to myself, okay, uh, we got all of our watertight doors uh, dogged down. Uh, what more is there for, for, is there for me to do? Well, my first thought was prayer. I got up to my desk. I was a, I had my desk down. I was a supervisor of uh, one of the sections. And I got up to my desk and walked over to this equipment, stood by the equipment, and um, I went into deepest prayer I knew how. And before I went into the prayer, I remember saying to myself, um, you know what, Ron, this kind of stuff doesn't happen to people like you. This only happens in the movies. And trying to explain everything out, I got trying to explain away uh, the very fact that I didn't, I couldn't believe this was happening. So, um, as I was in prayer, uh, I promised the good Lord a lot of things I couldn't follow through on, but I was praying for my life. And um, uh, one of them I still have to laugh about, I think I said something like, I want. I would be in church every Sunday for the rest of my life after that. I'm sure he was rolling the hall. I like to call him the boss. Uh, he, he is my boss as far as I'm concerned. I have. And, uh, I have a. I, I just want to interject something. I almost feel like God was saying, "Son, you're in church right now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. The silence, and then the one MC, the captain said, prayer for torpedo attack. I think the plan that I do was walking back to my desk, getting ready to sit down, and um, please don't call for any straight jackets here. The voice came from somewhere, and it was a pretty simple thing. It said, get down and get down now. Well, I was standing, and 
I know it wasn't me that put me from a standing position to a prone position with my nose touching the steel deck seconds before the torpedo exploded. It wasn't me. I don't know how I got there. I know that I was told to get down. I don't even know where that came from. It was inside my head. Get down, get down. And guys, I had to look back at this to make any sense of it whatsoever. Because I'm saying it now. How I got from standing up straight down on the flat on the deck. I know something still back is beyond me. As soon as I hit this, as soon as I was on the deck, the torpedo exploded about 30 foot away, maybe it's a little further than that. And I could hear the shrapnel flying through the air over my head. And uh, the place became almost an instant swimming pool. And uh, water was at shoulder height uh, as I made my way towards the hatch to the ladder to get to the deck up above where it was quite a little bit drier. point I'd like to make here, and this is only one miracle, divine intervention, if I may, that let me make the point that in that compartment there was probably maybe 70 or 80 men. We lost almost every one of them. I'm one of the few that survived it. So you talk about uh, uh, people coming back from combat and you talk about seeing people die all around you and you're still alive, that's exactly what happened to me. I think there was only a couple of other guys that made it through that whole thing. And, um, Ron, so, I, I relate I relate to that through my uncle, uh, my uncle Ed, who I told you about the two tours hand-to-hand in, in Korea. Uh-huh. He went up uh-huh. there. He went up there and, you know, basically they didn't have any supplies. They were urinating on their rifles in the winter when they were freezing up to make them on jam and he was one of few that went in uh to come out so that's i think one of the main connections i had with you was that you were in a situation where you were meant to tell the story so absolutely um the story you. that i just related to you it's the most important, in, in my part of it, the most important story of all, because it does it does um, back up my absolute uh, thoughts that there's just no uh, no other way that uh, I could have survived this. It had to have been through divine intervention. Um, there's just too much, too much destruction there. And, uh, they always said, that, and I've always been told over the years, that there's uh, no atheists in foxholes. And uh, personally, I don't know how there could be, especially when you look back and you see all these things that happened and you survived it. And believe me, I will never, ever take any credit for my life. My life belongs to God. Um, that ship, some of the guys had to have a lot of medals. That was important to them. The Silver Stars, 
matter of fact, I might mention here, uh, I don't think it's that important, but that uh, the USS Liberty is the most decorated ship in the United States Navy for a single action. Now, please understand our single action is for that particular day. Um, I don't have the number of Purple Hearts, Silver Stars, Bronze Stars. There was one Congressional Medal of Honor. Uh, and, uh, the captain got that, of course. This was a very distinguished ship, but that's still not as important to me as to tell your audience that God saved the USS Liberty on June 8, 1967. And there is no doubt in my mind, and if we do further segments on this, I can relate other miracles that happened that I've heard from others, um, uh, specifically maybe the, or, um, the patching of the antenna that got the distress call out was done under very dire circumstances. Because that was one of the first things they did, right? They took out your, the communication. That was what the strafing, oh, yeah, they, they strafing a, was yeah, all they, about that. Yeah, it was all about that. They uh, they, they did a lot of uh, damage to the officers. Officers' uh, quarters uh, upstairs, they, they shot out the antennas. Uh, what was so unique about this particular one, and I, t- I heard this directly from the man who got the silver star for patching that antenna wire to get the distress and he told me, he said, that antenna, that darn antenna, before we ever got attacked, was the worst antenna we ever had. It never worked good. It never worked right. <laughs> when it needed to, it worked. And I'm just sitting here listening to his story, and uh, I'm just uh, kind of almost oh humming it because I figured that's just, a, that's just another miracle as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And they, they just happened, uh, it happened over and over and over again. But it's a David and Goliath thing as far as I'm concerned. Now, I've only, wanted, uh, come, uh, I've only uh, went into what happened to me uh, some other people uh, could explain what had happened to them much better than I could. And, uh, sometimes it's better to hear it. From the person themselves, but uh, these people, uh, uh, admittedly, I think there's a uh, hundred, about a hundred of us, hundred that have died so far. Uh, that includes the 34 that were murdered that day, and then there's some, but some of us have died since then. And I would guess probably the median age of the average crew member is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 70. I myself am 78. I'll be 79 next month. And I'm um, just thanking God that I'm still here. And I don't move around very good, and I'm a lot of pain, and I don't sleep very well. But I'm still here, and um, I figure I'm still powered by the Almighty. And uh, I'll do what I can to let this world know, to let this country know, that the story of the USS Liberty and the miracles that occurred that day, if our president, who seems to be I would call him a fair-minded guy, um, but that's my personal opinion. If he could hear this story, if one single person has authority and hear this story, 
not just from myself. I just speak from a, from an, uh, from the divine intervention part of it, from the spiritual part of it. It's important to me that uh, someone like our president will know. And I put it out there on the Internet on how many times. And I'm sure you've seen it, Jack. But I have. The story of the U.S. USS Liberty and uh, what happened to it and why we're still here. If everybody knew that story in this country, we would probably change our direction. Maybe not overnight, but it wouldn't take long, would it? No, it wouldn't, Ron. And I and I have to say, you know, when this was happening to you, I was literally three months old. I was born. <laughs> I was born yeah. March. I was born. I'm 51. And I was uh-huh. born. Mar- I was born March 19th, 1967. And uh-huh. and I know a lot about this story. A lot. And for me. There's no excuse for anyone not to. And that's why I'm doing this. This is why I brought this to Gus. Because I think that in modern times, 9-11, don't get me wrong, 9-11, same shit. Okay? In a different way. But the USS Liberty is is the billboard sign. Is the neon, huge blinking billboard sign to everyone. Make another point here, if I could. Sure, go ahead. Fifty-one years of telling the story, and in the early going, uh, once I'd started the story, uh, there was invariably someone there who would uh, point the finger and say, "Well, this guy's anti-Semitic. He hates uh, he hates all of us." Uh, Jewish people, and I'm not going to go into the Semitic part. You guys know that probably already. But uh, we've been called a lot of names over the years. May I interject this? Although people you know. About three-fourths of the crew of the USS Liberty were some of the most trusted men in the United States Navy. We carried top-secret clearances. Our backgrounds were gone into sometimes... Uh, I don't know how many years back they would go. They, for example, we knew my grandmother um, was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia. They knew all that kind of stuff. I think they even had her address. So they went into our backgrounds very deeply. And you didn't just get handed that security clearance uh, if you had a pretty messy background in your life. So let me say this. Three-fourths of the crew the top secret clearance. Now, how could anybody believe, even for a moment, that we all got together after the attack and decided we was going to hate every Jew that walked the face of the earth? How could that be? Or that we were lying about this? How could that be? The most trusted by the United States Navy that year, for those years. How could that possibly be? So, I'd like... I, I'm probably getting close to where I should cut this off, but I wanted to make sure I got that in there, you guys, uh, so that you could, people would understand that without trying to blow my own horn, if we were trusted, we would not do what some people have pointed their fingers at us and 
called us liars. That's okay. That's listen. That's let me just say the people that speak that anyone who is on that boat are anti-Semitic are people that have been conditioned by the very government that attacked that boat to believe the false flag narratives. And Amen. We are here to cut through the bullshit of that, by the way. My life, I, I, I was put on this planet to cut through that bullshit. And we're not going to allow the false flag narrative to be uh, uplifted or uh, spotlighted in any way. Because that narrative, I, I watched the interview from one of the pilots that attacked the USS Liberty, who turned around and said, this is insane, and that he knew it was a, 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 an American ship. He saw the flag. Yes. And he, was order, and he was ordered to return. He did, and he ended up in jail. Yep. And then he came to back to this country, and he went directly to former Congressman Pete McCluskey, who I, I consider a very, very close friend. Um, Pete McCluskey uh, came to our dedication of the Grafton USS Liberty Memorial Library in uh, Grafton, Wisconsin. This man took down his pilot's testimony because he, he did come here. He did look up the congressman and he said, I want you to know that not all of us, and I'm one of them, wanted to take part in this attack. And it's all written down. It's all uh, whatever. This man, even because he was a, uh, a lawyer, and so he made sure it was put down in the proper terminology, and uh, it'll be there forever. Yes, they knew who would. There's no doubt about it in any place. And, uh, one thing that I guess over all these years that I think I might have learned this from my father is that how many lies you stack one up on another before this whole thing starts to crumble. And guys, I'll tell you what, it's the only personal opinion of mine. But I'm watching the country of Israel, and I know there's not all bad people there. I'm speaking mainly as a leadership anyway, and this is a modern-day Israel. It's, but anyway, um, I think I'm starting to lose my train of thought here a little bit. No, it's it's okay, Ron. And you know what? I just I want to I want to just thank you for the time you spent with us today. Um, and you know we could we can pick up again on on Sunday. Um, but I, I you know we there's a, there's a lot here. You know there's a lot here. And you know um, now you can if you want to you can think about what you want to speak about on Sunday and write some things down for yourself and. And we'll have people here that are going to help spark some thoughts for you because they're going to want to ask you questions. Because we we have people that genuinely genuinely give a shit. We care a lot, and we're trying to help other people understand the difference between what's going on with this corporate government and what's been going on uh, for a long time now, and how to handle your affairs privately. Uh, with your own law, um, and what this, what what God gave us, you know. Yes. And, and okay. So, that that sounds good to me. I I uh, 
I've been told several times, as a matter of fact, the last testimony I give was uh, at Liberty Fellowship uh, in Kalispell, Montana. And uh, Dr. Chuck Baldwin happens to be the pastor of that particular church. Uh, it's a very interesting church because it's a non-501c3 church. You can't deduct anything that you donate to that church. You donate it because you believe or you don't donate at all. And that church is flourishing. They take, they are selling my book right now, uh, Remember the Liberty. And I will be bringing that church up because uh, I, I just want people to know that it exists. And there are pastors out there that are starting to realize maybe what they've been preaching in the past wasn't exactly true. There you go. Should, you need to check into it. Um, I've got about five of them right now. Uh, Dr. Baldwin is, is one of them for sure, who um, have taken a look at this, have looked at what happened to us and the fact that we're still here, and then checked out a few things um, about the attack and uh, scripturally. Um, well, anyway... They they have they've taken a second look at what they've been passing at the pulpit, and uh, they actually have pretty much changed their minds about a lot of things. Um, I really I guess I I can't go any further than that right now, but I will probably bring it up again because it's they've been so supportive of me. I went up there and uh, spent couple days with uh, Dr. Baldwin. Uh, That's great. We're going to want to put a link up. We're going to want to put a link up for your book um, as well. Yeah. And anything that you want to promote, we'll, we'll, we'll put something. I'm sure Gus is going to want to put, make a special section for you at redressfordummies.org. And we're going to have a special section here, I'm thinking, and uh, have some, some stuff up for okay. links okay. and everything yeah, else I, to, yeah. for you. I've got a website, Ron, where I'm going to, I'm going to put all that together, and I'm, I'm looking at the calendar. Today is September 11th. It's Tuesday, and um, I was saying Sunday because I thought of doing a long show, questions and answers and all that stuff, but if you'd like to do it in half-hour segments, we can do that pretty much any day, uh, and and then we can do one when people are available, like on a Sunday or some evening in the future, but if you if you want to just get the story out in half hour sections se- segments, um, you know maybe we can do something uh, tomorrow or Thursday, Friday. It doesn't really matter if it's only going to be a half hour. Uh, you know, just, just well, to I, get the word out. I, I would do it that way if I could, Gus. I uh, simply because uh, it is it does get uh, pretty stressy after about twenty to thirty minutes. And um, yeah, the only I thing have is no problem with that. What you guys can do on this is anytime you want to call me, I'm pretty, I'm available just about any time, and I don't have to write anything down um, because it's all there. That's how it is when the sure. truth is the truth. It's right there. I don't have to look for it. See? That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I agree. I agree. I would agree, agree with you, Gus. Uh, um, and Ron, would you? Are you willing to do something for with like people asking you questions? Yeah, I've, I've got no problem with that. I, I will say this much, um, uh, and I, I wouldn't want to um, 
to make anybody feel bad or anything, but I, uh, after the last 51 years, I've had people uh, really blindside me, so I'm pretty careful. Uh, we won't allow it. No, okay, that's no, all. That, I need that's to not going to happen. No, we won't. We won't. We won't allow anybody who tries to pull any shit is gone. Seriously, okay. yeah, we, that, we don't play that don't... game. Okay, yeah, yeah I've been great. doing these Gus shows for. <laughs> I've been doing these shows for years, and uh, we stick to the topic. We've got something to say, and if you don't agree, then go start your own show. That's pretty much the size of it. So, uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to drop, uh, stop the recording, and uh, give you. a chance to get on with your day and go do what you got to do and i really really appreciate you being with us and, and, and talking about this um, thanks so much I, ronnie okay yeah, sure it's just a wonderful thing it's uh i feel like i've uh, given one more nail that uh, i'm expected to drive and that's what i like to do all right well when you know we'll get together in the next couple of days and maybe do another half hour sure no problem anytime all right thank you ron all right, you guys. We'll, we'll see you. I gotta Take get care, on the Yeah. Thank you we'll so much, man. Love you. Take care. Thanks. Take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.